uh, was it Rael? Um, Rael, yeah, R-A-E-L. It's like, yeah, this is the thing that does all the things, but don't touch it because you'll get hurt. And Kirk is immediately like, touch. <laughs> and it's like, he's like, ow, that hurt. And then he looks around and is like, touch harder. <laughs> <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> Hi, I'm Abby. I'm Paul. And I'm Chelsea. And welcome to Three to Beam Up. Today we're going to be discussing episode 42, Wink of an Eye. Uh, so this feels like one of those episodes that, uh, I mean, we'll talk about, but I don't think we have enough. So uh, I've cooked, oh, I almost raised these cookies up so that you can see them on screen. Because um, you have to guess what they are, but. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I almost they... bought some Pepperidge Farm cookies this week because they were on sale, but then I didn't because I would eat all of them. <laughs> That's why I don't buy cookies. from a bit cookies. ago, actually. Boy, I got these back in like February, I think. Like, they're. Yeah. Yeah. they lasted so long yeah. at home. I thought Pepperidge uh, well, Farm didn't unopened. use preservatives. Them, uh, I'm sure there's preservatives in here. But not like the strong ones, right? Like you can't keep those around forever. See Pepperidge Farm if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> Look, all preservatives are <laughs> preservatives. Look, like it's strong preservatives mean nothing. I mean, salt's a preservative. Yeah. It, it's not like they're encased in wax. Um, that would be a strong preservative. But, Ooh, that'd be um, cool. You want to take a swing at which ones I have here? I only know Milano's. We've been over this for two years. Oh my gosh, I'm right! <laughs> <laughs> Finally just picked up some Milano's, so... <laughs> Kinda running out of... Now to crunch, crunch, crunch on... It's literally the only one I know, guys. <laughs> yeah, actually I have another one there, but you know, we just haven't needed them lately. Anyway, this episode, right? Um, yeah. I don't know why you think we're not going to have a lot to talk about, because I have almost three full typed pages of notes. Wow, oh, you always I have, like, have more notes than all of us, though. Well, true, but I have, like, a hundred words? I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's stuff to talk about. There's some mild genocide at the end, so, you know. There's that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that does count, huh? Uh, yeah, that's a thing. All right, that's guys, let's start at the beginning. All right, my first question is as follows. How huh? many quadrants are there? In Star Trek, uh, four, right? Yeah, there's at least Delta Quadrant. That's where Voyager Alpha? gets lost, So right? doesn't quadrant yeah. mean four? Yeah. Like it's like yeah. a fourth of a circle or a square or, or sure. a, like a plane, right? Sure. Okay. So which one are they exploring when they say they're in another quadrant? Not Alpha, I guess. Beta? But that's what they explore in Enterprise. Oh. <laughs> Can't they explore it twice? No, it's I just big. I want big. the Star Trek universe to be thoroughly thought out. That's it. That's all I have to say. It's and also, for that. I know. Also, does Scotty open another episode? That's a genuine. Yeah, I thought question. that was. You know. I don't know, but he opens this one, and it's very disconcerting because it's like ship's log instead of captain's log, and that's like what? Yeah, like, that's not Kirk. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a Scottish accent. That's not Kirk. <laughs> I do like the distress call um, opening. I wondered why the red shirt was taking water samples. Good question. I mean, well, I guess there was flowing water and nothing else, so. 
I mean, they were just taking samples. I thought of stuff. Guys, these are just my questions. Also, did you guys <clears throat> notice that Spock alluded to the Universal Translator? Kind of. No. I don't think so. No. So he didn't really, but he said that the li- <laughs> literature was in another language. So what I've extra oh, and, and that they're going to translate it. it. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and so what I extrapolate from that is that they're speaking in another language and they're using the universal translator to understand each other. Okay. Yeah, I guess I would trap it if the written language. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Also, I like the Xeno archaeology opening. That's it. That's all my notes about I like the, the uh, I like the, that has to be a matte painting, right, of the cityscape? Yeah, yeah. it's redone. Did yeah. you see the original? I did not see the original, actually. Um, no. I'll look it up. It, it's on Memory Alpha if you want to see it. Yeah, that's what I, I would. I generally do not know how I feel about this episode. Although I feel like I pretty much enjoyed it for the most part. I I, was... I have like I felt like the tension was pretty good and I yeah. was I had forgotten this episode pretty much completely I so know. I did not know what was going on for a while. Yeah, I would definitely call this one forgettable, but um yeah, I I think this yeah. is a it's fine. good-ish one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's is a it, better it, one. Is it airtight? Yeah. No. No, <laughs> not even a little. But No, there's problems, but is it, it's is it is it good. mostly? I, I also agree. think Guys. this is a great this is a great trope. I, I was um, I was trying to. It's a hard search to do. Like try to find um, if you know, try to find any. There would have to be short stories, almost certainly, um, before this, which I would imagine would exist. That that are, that take this trope, right? That you have people that right. can move faster than everyone else, um, and then so this happens because um, that's a great trope that shows up in sci-fi well, all the time. And it's a H.G. Um, Wells short story, The New Accelerator. Oh, oh okay. Was, was that just on Memory Alpha? And that I didn't think. Yes, it was. Uh, <laughs> see, I was like doing a Google search and like sci-fi stories with time distortion. Man, As okay, most so of H.G. My... Wells. Yes, nice. that checks nice. out, guys. Also, it's. Do you remember the Voyager episode? That's really similar. Yeah. It's my favorite episode of Voyager, which is the only reason um, that I probably remember I don't... it so well. That one, that one's not ringing the bell right off the top. It's so good. It's like they go to a planet and the whole planet is sped up, and they're just like hanging in the atmosphere for like an hour or two. But on the planet, like generations and generations of people. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. watch them. Yeah, and eventually they become hostile, but they like become a spacefaring civilization just to communicate with Voyager. Yeah, the um that um, Twilight Zone. Oh boy, I'm gonna forget the name of that one. Oh boy, uh, the one where uh, it's, this, it's a good Simpsons parody in one of the Treehouse of Horrors, right? Lisa and the Civilization. What is it? Wow. Oh, I don't know that I've seen that. Well, while you're looking well, that up, oh sorry, Abby, I don't want to cut you off. No, I was just gonna say just just for factual things, the the H.G. Wells short story is from 1901. Oh, that checks out. <laughs> just to fill out our our background on this kind of story. I'm done now. What's up, Jels? I was just going to say is, you guys, did you see the environmental engineering room, which I don't think we see again? Yeah, I saw the sign for it. 
So I didn't really know what it was. Is the environment for the whole ship generated by like that cardboard box and a single HVAC tube? Maybe. That's Probably. my main. I love that. <laughs> it's that checks out. <laughs> I Pretty love TOS so much, you guys. <laughs> I mean, it's very inventive. I will get like the set decorators are very inventive with stuff. I will give them that. Sometimes they were it like, looks insane, but like. They're it's like, choice, we have, and we I have five dollars. We can afford cardboard, spray paint, and this single tube. <laughs> like... <laughs> Let's make it work, guys. <laughs> and they did it. And well, they do. Okay. Speaking of props now, can we go to the costumes? Because Abby, I know that if you're like me. Alright. I have feelings. <laughs> no civilization this far advanced <laughs> technologically is gonna say, you know how I want to carry around my communicator on a choker. That's what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Those I communicators are amazing. Those jewels, I wanna have them. <laughs> I am so like the rest of the costuming choices, fine. Shininess, sparkles weird kind of half jumpsuit things whatever fine I, okay i want to wear that jumpsuit every day and for the rest of my life i love that jumpsuit but the men's costumes are truly the best space oh recall space space everything you know they're Seriously. powerful because they're sparkly first of all you know those actors were like are you serious <laughs> It looks very <laughs> uncomfortable. It looks so uncomfortable. That fabric cannot be breathable. It looks terrible. <laughs> it had to be so hot under studio lighting. Like, it, it had to be terrible. I cannot with those. They were sparkly and shiny, and I actually kind of love them. But I will die on the hill of those chokers need to go. Yeah, those are definitely the weirdest part. <laughs> I cannot do those chokers. Those chokers just killed me. I, uh, no one, no one in their right mind. Like, I haven't worn a choker since I was like 16 years old and it was, you know, early 2000s. Like, seriously. It sounds like They're you were 30 years too late to this uh, 60s party then. <laughs> Apparently. I do not understand. Oh, I just can't. Ugh. But her, yeah, her, her like jumpsuit thing was weird, but I did kind of like it. <laughs> Yeah, if you would make me that, Abby, I will wear it, just so you know. I will not make it for you, but... <laughs> Abby, I ask you to make me something practically every week. You realize You that. really do. I don't know why you think it's my answer is ever going to change. <laughs> I just figure eventually you'll pick something for me for Christmas. <laughs> it's not going to be any of the things you've asked for, though, because they're all too complicated. Yeah, that one seems pretty complicated. Yeah, that one is. That's true. And actually, I don't know that it would be particularly comfortable or would look particularly good on me. But nonetheless, I love it. It's, it's oh, insane. Man. Actually, to kind of stay on anyway. costuming and sets, and but to jump back to when you talked about environmental engineering, uh, those color choices in environmental engineering, including a blue carpet, that's a, those were color choices, right? <laughs> Where did they get that? Because the rest of their sets aren't usually carpeted. Yeah, right. Did they just like borrow them from another set? It doesn't set? seem like that would be the place you'd want carpeted either, right? <laughs> no. No, no engineering. Seems like the correct choice on that part. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Paul. No engineering, no lab should be carpeted. <laughs> oh, I think we can yeah, all agree on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad choice. It is a bad choice. So. Ugh. That, so they definitely do set up this the suspense well, right? Um, yeah, I think with like the mystery malfunctions. Yeah, I, and I think 
like I, I did not remember this episode either. Um, but I think I've, I've watched too much newer sci-fi that very early I was like, as soon as there was buzzing, I was like, oh, it's, this is like a time distortion thing. People are moving faster. But I do not think that, right, if you were watching this the first time in the 60s, you would ever pick up on that until um, until you were told. Right? Probably so, not, yeah. And, and it is good, yeah. like, mm-hmm. the trope sticks around so long because it is good, like, hard sci-fi. Um, yeah. Which I guess, yeah, all the way back to H.G. Wells is also great. Um yeah, it's an it's an interesting one. So I like the I like the core of it. Yeah, I, I like the too. story in general. I, I think I like most of this episode up until like the very end when they're like mm, genocide. But <laughs> <laughs> is it genocide if it's like five yeah. people but it's still an like an entire yeah. race? <laughs> like Well, and she's yeah. presumably pregnant with Kirk's child, right? So possibly six people. I mean that's possible. But <laughs> Yeah, that was a subtle scene, right? <laughs> How did that get past censors, guys? I don't know. Because that was not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, like, I told you guys that I was watching this with my roommate um, a few weeks ago, which is I did not remember it before then either. And I, like my jaw like went to the ground, and we just like turned and looked at each other. And we were like, What? <laughs> I know it was like he's pulling a boot on and she's brushing her hair I'm like I wonder what just happened <laughs> well Andy's on the bed too like, I my know he's God. the only way they could have made it more obvious if it, is if the bed hadn't been made yet <laughs> like, it was hilarious and I was like wow way to get past censors it was I, I am surprised Kirk I am not that surprised, but my God. <laughs> oh, Kirk, tries really to, Kirk tries to act a lot during this one, right? He tries on like 10 different he masks. He does. He's bad um, at it. He's so bad at everything. It wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, he's just constantly like, maybe this tactic will work if I act like this. Um, and I guess it occasionally does, but. Yeah, I think it's more because she wants to believe it more sure. than anything. Like, she doesn't really ever fall for it because he's so sure. bad. Well, at I think the worst one is. Um, after, boy, I don't remember any of these people's names. I should have looked that up. Um, after the girls, no, after the guy comes in um, and attacks him, and then he, and then he's just like, "Oh, everything is great. Isn't this a great everything?" Yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> he just stares ever. off into the distance. I was like, like, like that's not. Nobody believes you, Kirk. <laughs> Literally, no one believes you. <laughs> yeah, that didn't make sense. <laughs> Oh, Rail. Rail funny. is the guy. Yeah, that's right. That's that's right. right. So it's Dila and Rail. Um, so, I do you guys like Dila? I mean, kind I of. Mean, in a I like her way. as an antagonist. Because sure. I do too. Like, I think she's a great antagonist. I, well, I like her as a woman because we hardly ever get these women who, one, are like sex positive, right? And true. she's not like punished so for true. having sex. Um, and she's uh, other than of... she's gonna die at the end, but okay. Well, yeah, but but like often they're like, like they do die like on camera. Like I'm thinking Kirk's wife, yeah. um, in the Native American wife, like stuff like that. And most of Kirk's and and a lot of yeah, his other <laughs> um, love interests. Um, she's like she has like a lot of these so-called masculine traits, 
Right? Like, she's, like, super, like, for the 60s, like, gender stereotyping is what I'm thinking. Like, she's super um, ambitious. She's the one who's, like, keeping them on track. She's the one with the plan. She's the one, like, utilizing the weapon and, like, giving the orders. Um, well, she's I, the mm-hmm. queen. She does right. that early but on. But she is definitely, a, know, she's definitely and, a strong character, right? Like, that's the... And oh, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. The only thing that makes me squishy and squeamy... Are, um, is that Kirk uses her? <laughs> well, that and and has sex with her, even though he knows that's, he's tricking her. That's a part of it, but I also don't like her um, doing the things to him non-consensually. Oh no, no, it's not appropriate on either side. <laughs> I'm not saying like they that. are both squishy, squeamy, and I don't. Oh, for sure, it's so, not right. It's maybe a uh, boy. It's in the same zone as that one episode. Um, boy, which one was that? Where um, Kirk is... Oh, boy, what... Boy, I'm forgetting all the episodes today. Where, like, um, the one... The bridge overlook or the engineering overlook, and they have that scene. What episode is that? I have no uh, idea. What yeah, what are you talking about? It was what very they recent. Conscience of the bro? King. Conscience of the King. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. It's very similar to that, where they're both sort of playing each it other well, to some degree. this is Kirk's M.O., is he plays women? He plays women like that's just what he does to get what he wants. Yeah, he's a sociopath. It felt very similar to it the d- same thing did. that happens over and over it again. Did. I guess is what. Yeah, but I mean, she like kisses and touches him in her sped up time. Yeah, and I feel like that's awkward. super, super. And then, of course, the first thing she does is just kiss him. In real life, or yeah. real time, when, or when, the, when she speeds him up, yeah, it's 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 all of it not great. No, none of it is good. It does not. Mm, mm. I have issues with it. I'm gonna say, it's just, it's awkward, and I think we can all agree that it's yeah, awkward. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's more than awkward. It's it's. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 totally. Oh God! Yeah, no, it's it's bad. It's it's assault on <laughs> any way you look at it. There we go. So, uh, Compton, a red shirt dies. That was that was where I was going to go to too. Yeah, because he um, he seems like he dies early, but then he doesn't. But then he dies later, so we're good. Um, <laughs> it it also seems like when they're on the planet and he disappears, they like go up to the ship and they're just like, we need to figure out all this other stuff, but they don't really seem to care about Compton in they the slightest. They do not. They don't spend any time they don't spend any time looking for him or scanning no. around. They're just they like, well, not. I guess we lost him. And <laughs> so I guess he's gone. A victim also, of the planet. <laughs> also, it seems like the way that that you move between this, right, is you drink the water, or you drink the thing that's in the water. Um, and he seems to be the only one who didn't Unless she just like walked up to him really quick and just like splashed water in his mouth, right? No, that, that doesn't yeah, make sense. I, they seem to yeah, have like his... a zapper ray to get him, or something. Yeah, it didn't. Which everybody didn't else later. has to drink something, but Compton was just magicked, and it's fine. Space powered. So um, space powered. With Compton, does him switching loyalties was was the implication that they like somehow forced? him and we're gonna we're trying to force Kirk or is this just Stockholm Syndrome no I don't think it's either oh boy his character like first off (laughs) I think I'm pinning a lot on the actor but boy is that a horrible actor 
Um, first yeah, off, yeah, he was good. not great. He was not great. He, maybe it was the bad acting, or maybe it was just like, but I don't know. His acting he was so bad. Yeah, it was um, not good. Like some of the worst, even redshirting, right? It does not take much to be an extra on this show. <laughs> you think that, like, boy, I, I think if, if if you were directing this episode and Compton did that performance, you'd say, yeah, let's get a different one in here. <laughs> like, you, no you one's going to notice. No one's going to notice that we changed Compton's in the middle. Like, <laughs> And no one well, would. You, you barely even saw his face, right? So I actually yeah, I think in the that's first true. One, you easily yeah. could have swapped in a different red shirt, but, like, Oh, the, yeah, boy, he was some pretty of, terrible. I agree. No, he was. He that was is bad. maybe that was maybe my least favorite part of the episode. Is yeah, his, that line delivery was was like, atrocious. "Hello, Captain Kirk. I am now this. <laughs> and I have you, a girlfriend now. Even if you put that aside, right? Now, oh yeah, terrible I mean, that's, writing. <laughs> yeah, the writing was not stellar, but boy, no, I, I but don't that, think but it's but the I mean, writing's like, why, like, he went through Starfleet Academy and, like, after five minutes of getting a girlfriend, like, he's Well, okay, let's loyalties. toss that out there. Let's toss that out there, because uh, it's a good question of how much time dilation is going on. Because the... Oh, wait, um, let's go to that section of the notes, because I have a lot of questions. Well, because the underlying idea here would be that it, it seems like it's a pretty high order yes. of magnitude here it um and so like it's not absurd to say like a thousand or a hundred to a thousand times faster maybe right yeah. maybe i i, I couldn't I figure agree. it out but so that means like they seem to be up on a ship for a bit before kirk gets to that part where he's meeting compton right at least an hour or two Right? right, so like, so we're talking about like passed. a few days, right? So days, um, we're talking about a hundred to two hundred hours, maybe ballpark in it. Like, that's both a little bit of time, enough for him to meet these people, but not enough time to be like, yeah, as well, for, deep into it as he seems. I mean, depending on the level, like, how fast are those distress call people getting ships in, or are they going into like some sort of stasis? That's another good question, right? Because, yeah, how long does it take for them to live out a life on the planet? Well, and I don't think it's stasis because they were so against being in stasis at the end of the, the right. episode when Kirk is like, we'll put you in stasis until we figure stuff out. And she's like, no. I mean, can we just... <laughs> like... Boy, we're jumping around, but can we just talk about why Spock didn't offer them the the cure? Yeah, yeah I, I have well, no I idea. Well, I think it was... I think that was their physiology has adapted to this accelerated time span so they can't go back to I think that's, I mean, yes that's I, not I talked think, about is it uh, well that's kind, well, it's kind of pers- discussed they could yeah, try drinking it right they could but presumably they die because they've already tried it a million different ways because they've just been in this new time for so many generations and speaking of how did they get there, because when she said there was a random scientific explanation, um, that was a lot better explanation than when she said it was volcanoes. No, it was gamma rays. You pollution. Know. It was pollution. It was, it's, she like it was pollution. it's like Fantastic Four. It's gamma rays. Uh, <laughs> no, when I they talk questions. about when she talks about it, she says it was like pollution. The planet it was gets radiation, polluted, right? and they like yeah, yeah or something. And, well, and she then said, there were volcanoes. She said. And no, the volcanoes exploded. were the starting thing. It was volcanoes that oh. led to like 
something else and then pollution and then like the rivers and stuff got polluted with radiation i think was the chain um because what they identified was that it was some sort of radiation right i think that was the read but all right that's fine i wish they it, just it's not it again no, like, it's not airtight <laughs> but it that saying radiation is a pretty safe you know that's all they have to say at that point and they're like oh yeah it was radiation okay like yeah read a comic book from the 60s and like radiation's <laughs> Kind of doing everything there. Why um, didn't... So speaking of... Actually, trans- oh, boy, I just opened a random spot on Memory Alpha, and it does say, at the start of Act 3, radiation poisoning had transformed the population as Kalos, accelerating oh, them out of the normal go. time frame and making them sterile. So. All right, fine. I'm just going to accept this. Guys, I'm not sure how radiation poisoning would do that, but... <laughs> it does, somehow. Why doesn't the phaser fire in the fast time? Yeah, I asked, I asked myself about that, and... Um, I didn't because it hurt my brain too much. Well, no, no, but you can make the, the phaser is still something that was designed by... For um, normal times? Well, that fires in, yeah, essentially. And yeah. he drank something that changed his metabolism. But it didn't him physiologically. Change the Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so the phaser is not operating any differently than it normally would have. So it should still be going as slow as everyone around him. So I think that tracks. I had a question about... So if if she had just waved a magic wand and said, hey, you can now move faster... I see. Okay, that does actually make sense. Right, right, right. Then you'd say, well, everything on you should also move faster, but he drank something. Got it. Here's my question. So Richard dies. How does his body not show up on the Enterprise? Because he's dead now, and you would assume that now he's dead, so his cells aren't moving faster because he's dead did he just decay super, super Would he fast? Just, yeah. yeah. No. Did he turn into space dust? Or Man. did he, like, that was my question. When he finally died, like, how <laughs> did like the a... Enterprise crew not find him sometime? That was my like, theory. Is it, is it like He's a, back. Is it like a Last Crusade sort of thing? Maybe. Uh... <laughs> Maybe it is. No, so it's... I was thinking that, yeah, that he was, it's like just a couple of minutes have passed on the Enterprise and he was aging so fast. That he just essentially, like, turns to dust. Somehow, like, the aging continues after you're dead. I don't know. Yeah, again, definitely, like, the end of Last Crusade. Yeah. I've <laughs> never seen that. Wrong, I don't know what that is. Drunk from the wrong cup. Hmm. Um, you should just Google end of Last Crusade. Um, no, I don't want to ruin it. What if I see it someday? Well, the <laughs> villain dies. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. Um <laughs> He doesn't get the the Holy Grail at the end of Last Crusade. Sorry, that's a spoiler. Um, You're evil. Well, I guess there's more than one villain. So in in Last Crusade, look, if you're not already watched Last Crusade, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying that that's what's happening there. Um, Yeah, it's a good question of what I had another question to follow that up, and then I got sidetracked on Last Crusade. You sure did. It, well, it's also a question of, you know, if Kirk is standing in place long enough, right? Um, if, for instance, if he's on the bridge and there's, you know, there's a light on the wall, if he just stands there for a few hours in front of that light, like, none of that light is getting to the people behind him, right? It's all, he's blocking all of that. So, like, if you think about it in those terms, like, they should be visible in some sense, especially if they stay in place for a long period of time. The idea is that they're just right. sort yeah. of moving around fast enough that they're not there long enough to be sort of perceived. Or um, Though we could perceive things down to, to pretty, you know, we could perceive winks of an eye, uh, so to speak, if you have um, 
even refresh rate on things like televisions or light bulbs, incandescent bulbs, um, you can perceptibly see some of those if they're low enough. So it's like they should be showing up somehow. But I see how that would break the plot of this. Well, just like they have to have, <laughs> like they like presumably everything in the background should be just in slow motion, but they have to have the actors stand still, right? Because that was the only way to shoot it at the time. It's a clear difference between when they're in frame and then you just have the actors standing right. still and when they're not and they could take tape and slow it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, which, yeah, is a good question. Again, of how much faster they're moving. Before Kirk goes in a slow motion, when they put the force field up and the red shirts bounce off of it, why did they bother letting Spock and Kirk through? I think it was just because Kirk and she has plans for him. I I don't know about Spock. Because if they could force field them out, yeah, what was... It was... Why would they let them see what they were doing? It was not explained. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, when Kirk gets brought in there later, um, we're really jumping around. I love how, um, was it Rael? Rael, yeah, R-A-E-L. It's like, yeah, this is the thing that does all the things, but don't touch it because you'll get hurt. And Kirk is immediately like, touch. (laughs) It's like, like, ow, that hurt. And then he looks around and is like, touch harder. (laughs) (laughs) I like that part. Yeah. What was the point of that? What was his end game on that one? I think he was yeah. trying to break it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I didn't but understand it, that. It was poorly executed at best. Yeah, did, I, I didn't know. get the motivation from him. <laughs> it was very confusing. I don't know what his... The, the thing was, I don't know what the point was. That was like, what was your plan, Kirk? I what think was he was trying plan? to break it, right? He was but trying to pull it off. Though? But just just by sheer willpower. Oh, I mean, that is Kirk's MO. That's yep. fair. <laughs> I mean, if, if, let's just say, like, again, it's basically just some HVAC stuff. If I took you into a room and, a, and there was just an air conditioner sitting there, and I said, don't touch that air conditioner because it's really hot. And you said, but I want to break it. And I said, sure. And then you, like, touched the panels and they were really hot. <laughs> like, first off, how are you going to just break an air conditioner with your hands? <laughs> I don't know, but he, but, but it's, but he's not trying to break the the HVAC system, the environmental. He's trying to break the, whatever thing they attach to it, right? Yeah. So it's, it's some like, like like little attachment. So presumably he's thinking that he could like it can somehow be removed because it's not like welded on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to explain Kirk logic anymore. It doesn't make uh, any it sense. hurts everybody's brain. There is that's because Kirk doesn't have logic. He has feelings. That's all. No, Kirk I, think it, I think yeah, it's yeah. He's somewhat all over logical, the place in this one. He's but, all over the place in this one. Ugh. Right, like Abby, he's trying by he's trying the means that are available to him. If he did nothing, it wouldn't be Kirk like. He could Whatever. go like pick up a a piece of metal or something. That would make more sense <laughs> to like somehow. Get him an object and then yeah. try to hit it off. But or like, just... or like his shoe, you know. Plot. Like... Yeah, I agree. So if Rail... she'd been, I'm just saying, if she'd been into Spock, we wouldn't have had this episode because it would have been over in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, That's probably... Spock does have Spock does is the shining star of this episode, I think. Um, he except usually... for McCoy, who's the one who actually comes up with the cure. Well, he's a doctor. He's doctor, supposed yeah. to come up with cures. <laughs> Once again, he wouldn't I'm have just... known to come up with a cure unless Spock was like, "Yeah, everybody's accelerated, so let's fix this." Yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. McCoy comes up with the anti-accelerator 
super fast. And I feel like given enough time, he could have come up with one for the Skolosians. Yeah, that's what's weird about it, right? That they don't even try. Or else maybe they did behind the scenes. I don't yeah. know. Um, it's also weird that the Skolosians don't try to negotiate in the slightest. It, it, it's, you see the same thing over and over again in Trek. Of like, you have a civilization that needs something that, that on its face is is it is not an absurd request, right? If, if we're talking about the planet saying, hey, look, um, radiation exposure, um, like, we're mostly sterile. Um, we Question basically just need... on that, though. Yeah. How are the men sterile yeah. and the women aren't? Yep. <laughs> it just is, Abby. It just is. Just, I just had to say it yeah, before yep. we got further. Nope, that's fair. Um, and how do you get more than one generation out of a populace of that sort? I guess they're pulling in ships, but they've been kidnapping people. So yeah. So I mean, again, though, it's it's we see this a lot in the series where you have a populace that is facing extinction, and um, they like resort to trying to kidnap people or yeah. do different stuff. And if they went to the Federation and said, "Hey, here's our problem. Um, does anybody want to like volunteer to come live on our planet at accelerated speed?" Um, and like help us repopulate our planet um someone in the federation would say yeah sure that sounds fine like yeah can um, i also science it while we're yeah while we're or, while or some of these other planets again where like people where other planets have things going wrong with the planet itself um, or you take these people from this planet to a different planet right like guys how are they even breeding aren't they a different species um they implied they were human they implied yeah, hum- it. I don't humanoid, know. I mean, at least. Don't, I don't, don't know. Well, humanoid. Into it, but... I mean, if they were human, how'd they get there then? Yeah. Yeah. They're humanoid, right? <laughs> because a lot of the times, the humanoid species aren't breeding compatible. I mean, none of them should be compatible. No, but in Star Trek canon, right, they mostly are. Right? If you look at, like, Vulcans and... <laughs> Everyone is. Vulcans Everyone and Romulans, is. at the very least. Everyone can get it in Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, well, and much later, right? TNG tries to like explain that away. I know, with, I don't like that um, part. Um, <laughs> you know, ancient aliens. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how TNG tries to explain it away. So, Ral, you guys, sure, her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. I liked <laughs> that for once. He was like the he was like the quintessential woman on Star Trek. Like highly emotional, that's true, actually. That's ridiculously true. unstable, thinking with his feelings and coming up with these like harebrained plans that are like immediately foiled. <laughs> this is what I'm talking what, about. Um, with her, I guess, what sort of plan? Jealous all the time. What's not to argue it, but what sort of plan did he even come up with? I don't know that he had one. He, he mostly at had various <laughs> times, like, um, uh, doesn't he go for Kirk at some point? Well, he attacks Kirk, but then she, like, shoots him in the back. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, harebrained plans. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that's a plan, right? That's a... He's okay, acting in the moment. fine. In, in spur he of the moment, like, random yeah. being an idiot. He came in there with a pipe to, like, bludgeon <laughs> him. Because <laughs> he's just, like, insane with emotion, which... Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He didn't even come in here. He came in there to get something else and then found them together. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he was not. He did not have time to make a plan, so to speak. But well, not to presumably, say he's better <laughs> presumably he'll be raising Kirk's child, and then the species will be genocided or gone forever. I don't know why didn't Kirk do. Okay, to skip to the end. Yeah. Since we're kind of talking about it. I was about like, to go there too. Yeah. Here's 
My question. Kirk is Kirk. Why does he not just kind of pull his Kirkness and force everyone into stasis so they can solve the problem later? Because that would be a very Kirk way to solve yeah. this. I, I, I don't know. I, I do love that, you know, I complain a lot about a lot of these episodes where at the end of the episode they just sort of say, cool, guess we solve that one and then fly away. Uh, and yeah, this and this one they, was just like, cool, didn't solve it, bye! Well, this one they at least talk about it, right? She says, like, if you send us back to the planet, like, yeah, we're gonna die, we're right? Gonna die. Like, um, no, no more ships are gonna come, because you're gonna put up, like, warnings and stuff, right? And like, yeah, yeah, they're gonna quarantine yeah, it. They're gonna much. Put and they, like, they, they very much talk about, like, what they should do and what they're gonna do. Uh, and that is very rare for an episode. <laughs> um, usually they just fly away and say, like, well, I guess Magmar, Magmar's gonna be Magmar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you feel sorry for them. At least a little bit. Again, if they hadn't sort of t- tried to abduct them, if they if they had actually had a distress call there and tried to negotiate something with the Federation, they're they're they are a planet that's in trouble, right? The distress call is not a lie. No, it's just it's misdirection more than yeah. anything. It's a trap. Like, they do need help. But it's a trap, like... but they didn't lie in setting the trap. Right. I don't know. I feel sorry even with their shitty actions. I still feel bad for them. No, yeah. I feel bad for them. Like, I I completely understand why they're doing what they're doing. Like, it's understandable. They're trying to save their species. I just kind of agree with Kirk for once. Just being like, um, th- couldn't we solve this another way? <laughs> like, maybe not kidnapping people? Yeah. And, like, you know, they don't talk about stasis much. But they're, they're like, planning to just make it really cold in there and everybody's going to freeze and then be revived yeah. later. Um, it's their, fr- their deep freezing, you know, they have an, they have a, they got some more space, they added some space on so they could have a second freezer so they could always <laughs> have, make sure they had enough supplies. Yep. Hmm. Which is not a... Out. I mean, it's, it's not a great plan. <laughs> I'm not even sure why they have to freeze them, right? Again, depending on how much time dilation there is. If they yeah. just leave the ship in orbit um, in trouble. Right. Or, and they occasionally, like, every month or so of their time, they come up there and keep and screwing it up. And take a person, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, um, I don't think they'd have to freeze them. <laughs> really. Yeah, so... It depends how the time works. Yeah. And we don't Which, know, which so we don't fine. know. Do you guys remember that part where she forgot the word malfunction? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> oh, I like that part. I thought it was funny. Do you also remember that part where Dila shipped Kirk and Spock? No, I, I do not. I do not. Um, wait, where, when? When Spock, like, um, uh, she's like, oh, he's talking to his Vulcan friend. My, this species is capable of much affection. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I miss that. I mean, I remember her saying much of the mess of much affection part or whatever. Oh, it made me but... really happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was pleased. Also, I love it. Speaking of Kirk and Spock, I love it when they meet up and they don't say anything. They just look at each other because that's the relationship that's the str- they have. I, I think that's a strong part of Spock in this episode. It's like yep. Kirk knows that if anybody's going to come and save him, like Spock's the one that's going to figure it out. And as soon as there's the antidote, Spock's just like, cool. And drinks it. <laughs> or not the antidote, the thing that will send him through time. Um, but he just drinks it, and McCoy's like, hey, you, you can't do that. And Spock's like, did it. <laughs> like, 
I mean, they they both do that, right? McCoy does that in other episodes where he just takes the thing. No, it'll right? totally be fine. It'll totally be fine. Yeah, I think this is the only time that one of them does it in the other's face so much. Like, McCoy will do it in, in a room alone, right? He would do something or have a cure and, t- and take it. But this is the only one I could remember where Spock is just, like, staring him in the eyes. Like, he's like, you can't do that. And he just does goes it. for it. I'm pretty sure McCoy takes an antidote or, like, gives himself an antidote right in front of them. I want to say when they're, it's one of the aging episodes. One that we've seen or one that we haven't? I think it's one we haven't seen where they age okay. super fast. We'll watch for it. We'll watch for it. Okay. Um, but also, is Spock capable of repairing the entire ship? That was my other question. I Apparently, love that he is. Ending. <laughs> I love so that good. ending, too. That is such a good. It's so good. It's so Spock, too, right? Like, it Spock is, is sitting it's there so and he's like, Spock. cool, we solved the problem. And then he looks around and, like, hmm, but the ship needs repairs. And, like, just holds it and, yeah, I could wait. <laughs> and presumably, no, like. Everything. Presumably, he's learning how to fix things too, right? Like he's taking the time to like read manuals no, or read the, <laughs> read the database. Like, yeah, that's true. He's pulling up a tech manual. <laughs> <laughs> like he's figuring out how to do it because he's not an engineer, right? He's, but it he's, doesn't matter. Somehow he's fixes he everything. <laughs> no, I thought that uh, I thought that was so that good. That was awesome. <laughs> I, I did like that ending um, a lot, you guys. I I feel like one of you probably wrote down the line, but the line he delivers when he gets back is also phenomenal. It was something about. I don't want to paraphrase it, if you have it. I, I might have it. I don't remember. Oh, man. It's probably then here in... I'll find it. Uh, it's, I thought uh, I had it. I found it an accelerating, accelerating experience. experience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was too punny for me. Just, that was a dad joke. No, I Spock, I Spock's Spock. the only one who could deadpan that, right? He's, He's the so only one who could deadpan that. He's the only one who can make that joke and have it be funny. Yes, agreed, agreed. No, right I can't, you guys. Because it's, it's how he deadpans it, right? It's, it's the best. It's so <laughs> Leonard Nimoy is a fantastic actor, and that's why half of Spock's dialogue works. Is, oh, is yeah. No, because he, it has to be, it has to be that flat, yeah, it has to be deadpan. Like, right? It has to be completely deadpan. If he has deadpan. the slightest smirk, that joke doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, like, <laughs> just, it's so good. He could raise an eyebrow. But he can't smirk. He's good at raising eyebrows in this episode. And he definitely says fascinating. He does, yeah. Yeah. Boy, speaking uh, of um, speaking of Spock, uh, this goes back a bit. Just maybe boy, just cleaning up some of my notes. Um, Spock goes back and watches like what happens to to Compton. Um, and then also, is it later? Yeah, he's watching the like video recording of Kirk. Um, what what is he watching? Right, he's watching the episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he is. I completely missed that. He totally is. Yeah. Because <laughs> like Compton's disappearance, like McCoy is there, and he's like, I turned around and Compton wasn't there, but there's yeah, there's no, not like a guy the there with a the camera. He's and they're not the like <laughs> they're not on the ship where there's security cameras. Presumably, like, they have cameras in whatever building it was. But yes, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> it's like it's spaceballs, right? They're like we have the we have spaceballs on VHS. We'll just put it in and see what what's going to happen next, because uh, he is so clearly watching the episode. And when Kirk is making that recording, first off, it doesn't seem like a video recording. It seems like an audio recording. No, it sure seems does. like audio recording, but it doesn't but, matter. It's also great that the ship knows when to like pan in and out for dramatic effect on Kirk in, in the security footage recording. 
like, when that scene actually happens, like, she's saying, like, she's filling in words for him, and he repeats them like it matters. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, the recording can't hear her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You'd and... think that one of the things he might be able to do with the computer is just, like, like we're all recording our audio right now. Right. Um, and, and we could change this so that, like, I could change the file and just, you know, slow it down a lot or speed it up a lot. Of course. Um. So we could just say, like, record this and then copy the file and, and slow it down by a factor of a thousand or something. And he might not nail it exactly, but when they listen to it, it's going to sound a lot more like speech than, like, buzzing. Right? Yeah. Right. So it's, maybe he doesn't have time, right? He's still, he's fine. definitely sleight of handing it already, but he could have tried. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I thought he was going to, like, slip it in Spock's pocket or something, too, to just, like, jam it in right. a computer. Because it takes McCoy a, f- a while to find it. It does. He doesn't find it for a little while. I would If it was me, I'm like, I'm putting this in someone's pocket so yeah. they notice it faster. So they're like, or what? Or their hands. The what? Right? Yeah, or, or, like, their, or hands. Like their shoe. Like, like somewhere where like they're going to be like, weird, what? Where they're going to be like, what yeah. just happened? <laughs> like, instead of, like, in a computer yeah, <laughs> where exactly. where discs live. Yeah, like, he, could, he could absolutely <laughs> put it in, in its Spock's home. hands. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I've made this recording and now I'm going to put it away where it yep. belongs. File this nicely for posterity. <laughs> he could have put it in oh his mouth. God. There's lots of there's, places. There's so many ways to make this oh, better. But whatever. It's so fine. there's, there's a question, right? Of what, ha- when the disc becomes, because again, the disc is something that is not sped up. So they, but he's carrying it very quickly. Um, so it does push this question of like when does it become quote unquote visible to them or like you know how does this even like it's no, it's, it's recording know. him at normal right. time uh, and he picks it up and moves it somewhere but yeah like if you were to put it in their hand would it just appear there once I you stop touching it um, yeah yeah so well and that was not. my question with the phaser. So, like, once they're picking up objects, presumably the objects are in their sped-up time. But the disc would be moving fast because he's carrying it. And if he was running down the hallway with the phaser, he's carrying it faster. Um, but but once he fires okay. the beam, the All beam right. is being projected by the phaser. Yeah. They should have seen and that how... beam on the, on the bridge then. Yeah, that was my next question. Sure, they should have been like, "Whoa, what was that random phaser burst?" <laughs> and this goes to my, yeah, and then this goes back to my, "Where did the dead body end up?" <laughs> they There's clearly so didn't questions. care about Compton at all. I know. They did not. He was a plot device, and he wasn't even a very good plot device. <laughs> no, no, he was a poorly no, acted plot device. Yeah, the second time he shows up, like, sure do they he even need necessary. that? No, yeah, they don't need him. They don't need it. They needed to take up time, I think. Th- that was my theory. I don't know. They uh, like I, I get like having someone disappear. Like I think I would have even liked it better if once Kirk found him again in the, the accelerated time and he and he was like, Alright, Compton's like, Okay, here's what's going on. I've I've gained their trust. What do we do, Captain? And then they try something together and then they murder him. Like that makes even more yeah, sense to me. Okay. Like that would make more I, sense. I, I don't know, man. You know I what I also know. what also would have been interesting if you know if it had been a few hours and like he had visibly or like visibly aged or even just had like a beard, you know, yeah. um, you know something that showed that time was passing faster. Because again, if it had oh, been like yeah. a few Duh. days, if it had <laughs> yeah. been a few days, like he would have a beard. Like he probably didn't go to his quarters and 
Well, maybe Shame. he did, but... Maybe, maybe he, he did. did. Yeah, maybe he likes to be clean-shaven. I'm not sure they would have <laughs> let him just wander off to his quarters, though, would they? Maybe. Well, he, like, got... That's why I was wondering about the brainwashing. He got Stockholm Syndrome or brainwashing super fast. Yeah, but I don't think that's what it was, right? They don't have any... They don't have any mental powers, and... I, I mean, brainwashing insofar as they said, like, hey, you want to be one of us? Well, honestly, I I was wondering if they did from the way they kept alluding back to it several times. I mean, the way that they, what she was alluding to was, like, just convincing him that there's no reason to try to get back because there is manipulate. So they're manipulative. Um, And then just the realization, like, this is your time now. Hmm. This is, like, how you live. So... I think that's what she was looking for in terms of the breaking them aspect. Mm. Which which to them, again, it's not that she was lying because they didn't believe that there was a way to get back. And um, there might not be for them. But yet, yeah, potentially. Although, well, yeah, it raises a lot of questions similar to, uh, it's almost Parman, right? Um, if they did just take them off the planet and they did have, you know, they did find... Um, people to have children with them to breed with them essentially um those children would not be born with the same radiation poisoning right it's not that their species had already just become faster through time it's still this radiation that was doing it um yeah so if it's environmental that's true they should be able to counteract it yeah and it seems to be like they're drinking the water on their planet which is why i thought they were saying that some it was environmental was like the catalyst but then it became genetic that's the only yeah, but that, there's explanation. No, yeah, there's no plausible mechanism for that, right? Right, in the like fantasy land of, of this universe. Um, also, Paul, uh, they aren't humans. They're Skolosians. I just well, sure, they, but they gave them a name. They give them a name for the planet they're on, but the same way, I mean, they we run into lots of human races, human races, uh, humans on different planets that have colonized those planets, and they call them by the planet. No, um, they but they usually say they're humans. They, they identify them as humans. Like yeah, when that's, we go that's to the planet fair. with like Kirk's wife and they're like, what? They're human. And they make like a big deal out of it. And that's an Ancient Aliens episode too. Ancient Aliens sure. came and transported them. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Anyway, I know they just breed like all the time, but really like none of these groups of hominids should be able to breed together. Well, no, I mean, there, there were definitely, there were um, other... Um, species in our genus that we were, that we interbred with, right? Yeah, I know Neanderthals, and, Devonians, uh, or Devosians, whatever they're called. Um, yeah, but like, like those are like we're so ridiculously similar, and even then yeah, there's I, evidence I, that like it was difficult and there were birth defects and blah 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 blah. Like to have like another hominid species like arise on a different planet oh yeah like, sure, there's sure. just no way no, yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the conceit that we yeah we but about i'm fine with ago. it because it makes it interesting um, but yeah, i always thought like that. spock was like created in a lab what's that i always thought spock would like have been created in a lab for example i don't think so no i, I think the well, oh no no i mean i i agree that he pro- that in the universe like he wasn't but in my mind to like make it work scientifically he was oh i see yeah i, I think it's just canonical that at, at least uh humans vulcans klingons romulans um Convert, are genetically yeah, compatible yeah yeah okay i'm just gonna have to get over it <laughs> <laughs> 
So where do these people fit? I, I'm sorry. Are we, no, is it going to be Dila specifically, or is it going to be the, the Scalosians? <sighs> I think it's probably the Scalosians. And she's part of the Scalosians. Yeah, she's the leader yeah. of them. She's the leader, right? Because yeah. they don't really ever act. They're acting as a group. Right, for sure. Well, but mm, that's a good question. I mean, we've had other groups, but... But it's really her more than anyone, because she's making the plan. She's making the orders, right? I mean, but they've decided as a society that this is how they're going to solve the problem. So, like... Yeah, yeah, okay, so in that case... We do have other societies. It's rare that we put whole societies, but... um, I think it kind of fits here. Yeah, especially since it's a small... There's only a handful of them. What did we put for Plato's stepchildren? Was it the Platonians or was just it Parman. Dude? Parman. just Parman? That's just Parman. Because hmm. they were with, kind of a, um, a society too. Yeah, but he was the one. Like, he, yeah, he was the one running it. But I mean, she's the one running it. Sure, but I feel like in Parman's case, nobody, no one else was really doing anything in that episode. Where at least in this episode, like Rael was doing things. Yeah. Um. I, no, that's not true. They they make um, the Platonians a whole bunch of them control them. Uh, Parman's wife controls them. They're like controlling Alexander a whole bunch of different times. I don't remember the episode well enough. I, I how was about just, just sort of just, oh, I just Parman. how about just make it a band named Dila and the Oh, I like that. Let's do it. Yeah, good good point, Abs. Chelsea, you don't even look at this list anyway. Why do you I care? just do. I've been looking at it. I'm trying to open it right now. My internet's going really slow. I've been looking at it for the last like month. Hmm. Now that it's gotten to be so many that I can't remember. Yeah, there's a lot in here. So <laughs> there I think are a lot. before I virtue, could remember, by virtue of being able to move fast, um, that sort of puts them pretty high, right? Is that space powers? Yeah. It's uh, oh boy. I, I think, think it does it put is... them up with superhumans. Yeah, I do, I do think they belong up there. I don't know how far up they belong there. Right. So any of these other people, you know, they're just going to come in and you know, shoot them, and they can't be seen or stopped. Um, I mean, they almost win. Let's toss that out there, right? They do almost win. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Again, if Kirk was not the protagonist of the series, they probably would have. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so even, I mean, what, what you need is here, you need people who are able to essentially stop time. Um, mm-hmm. to be able to deal with this, right? Or Spock and McCoy. Yeah, although, well, I would say Spock and Kirk. No, McCoy's the one who makes the cure. I refuse to let McCoy be left out of this. Yeah, but, I mean, Kirk is the one, if they hadn't pulled Kirk into speeded time, if they had just wanted to destroy the Enterprise, the Enterprise would be destroyed. True. The problem was they wanted Kirk, and so they took him. And right. they wanted, like, if they had only wanted, later. if they'd only wanted Compton, like they got him. Yeah. <laughs> if they had just said, "Cool, that's who we wanted. Let's go back to the planet," the Enterprise would have been like, well, that would, right. They would have been like, "That's weird," and then they would have left. And they mm-hmm. would have left Compton. Um, they just got greedy and wanted Kirk, right? So, and also again, Kirk's the protagonist, so he has to win. But <laughs> yeah, the question is like, can. Apollo or some of these 
freeze things. I'm sure Apollo could freeze things. Yeah. And I'm sure Sylvia could freeze things. She's interdimensional too, right? Yeah. I would maybe put it under Sylvia and and above above Nancy Nancy. creature. I agree. Did Harmon ever freeze people? That sounds familiar too. He could, but I don't think that he would have been able to figure out the time. Yeah, he was like stopping there. And he was limited by, he was limited by like, he had to ingest the plants and stuff. So like... I, I, I agree. Like I think it's below Sylvia and above Nancy because Sylvia is the first one who was probably capable of stopping time. Boy, what if you had Parman's plants and you, that's all you ate and all you drank was the water from this planet? <laughs> <laughs> you would be unstoppable. And also spores. You would. Also spores. <laughs> you also have the spores. But would, would the spores great. cancel out everything else because it would make you like... It would. I feel like the spores would cancel out a bunch of stuff, That's true. like environmental stuff. I feel like the spores would cancel out the environmental stuff. Yeah, I stuff think the spores would... are the most powerful. Spores. Are, yeah. yeah, we have them down a bit further because they're essentially just a well because they're peaceful because yeah, intention matters. And well, and they not... also they're not they're not uh, they can't move. They're just yeah, plants. Right. They're <laughs> although they drift through space somehow. Uh, well, they convinced it's people nice. to carry them around, right? That was what they did. <laughs> like people were like, "I want to take this with me." Oh, I thought that I thought the implication was that they just kind of floated through space, like like yeah, pollen, space pollen. That's that's right. We talked about that, and we didn't. Yeah. I don't think we had a good answer either way. <laughs> um, so you you said below, below Sylvia. Sylvia and above yeah, Nancy. Under Sylvia, above Nancy. That's what yeah, Sylvia was able to. She can do some shit. She yeah, can, could she pull them out of time? Maybe, maybe, right? She can freeze, like, she can, like, make a, a likeness of the Enterprise and, like, burn it. Boy, how did Magmar get so high up here? Because Magmar was, like, he, they basically could have won if, if, if Kirk and Spock hadn't, like, outsmarted stuff. That's why. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I like, I like, I like where you're putting it. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Let's do it. Cool. Bingo time. Time for bingo. Yeah. Any clarifiers? I do not have clarifiers. Um, although I guess I could have one. Like, I I guess time travel could be argued, but I, think... I don't. I don't <sighs> think it really counts. <laughs> it's one of those like it could probably you could probably make an argument for it, but I don't know that it actually counts. I no, want to count I... it if it gives us bingo. No, and <laughs> that's not how that works. It's right. They're not. Uh, boy. Yeah. No, I don't actually think we should count it. I'm just saying an argument could be made. Well, we never. We should have clarified when we. I don't know. No, it's I, no. It, I time do not travel, really count it. Right, especially in the Star Trekky trope sense. Time travel is like we went back to nineteen sixties. They go back to the sixties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But they are playing with time and. They are playing with time, but they never skip periods of time, right? He never jumps over a period of time. Yeah, it's all chronological, even if it's faster or slower. It's all chronological. Um, And then, yeah, actually, even, right, if if the Enterprise was, say, flying closer to a black hole or something, um, you'd have time dilation in the same sense. Even Mm -hmm. when they're traveling at relativistic speeds, right, their time is going slower than an outside observer. So this is not something that is is outlandish, right? This is not something that that doesn't happen all the time. 
Yeah, they don't have to slingshot themselves around the sun to get back to normal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that movie. I cannot wait till we do the movies, you guys. <laughs> okay, anyway, but I, that was the only one I wanted to maybe bring up as a possible, but not really. But otherwise, do you think we got bingo? I don't, but I'm going to say that I do because there actually were quite a few. I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems possible. I guess it always does, but... <laughs> it's always possible. I guess if Chelsea said yes, I'll say no. <laughs> okay, we didn't get bingo. There actually really isn't a lot. We did have um, two with no squares. Um, oh. Kirk makes out with someone and Spock says fascinating, and there weren't squares for either of those this time. But a red shirt um, dies. Red shirt dies, the phasers are unstunned, Nurse Chapel shows up, the title Weapons of the episode right. is said. Um, oh, I guess we could have, I mean, they do work, but they don't work like Ooh, they're this not is a good yeah this is a good clarifier right yeah i mean we could we could argue that one as well it wouldn't give us bingo either way no but, <laughs> but i think this is a, a good example of one work. where you could maybe have convinced me that weapons don't work because they don't work the way they're supposed to true they're useless weapons are useless their weapons are useless but they do work it's yeah. yeah um there's captain's log entry there's a recurring actor um so there's not a whole lot this episode and definitely not and a red shirt bingo, does but I yeah, said, said that one. Oh, I she did. That. My bad. Yeah. Well, you said lot. it, and then I said yes. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Guys, that's that does seem like a lot. You just listed like 12. Six. I listed six <laughs> that were on the square, and then two more that weren't. So eight. <laughs> really? That's it? Yeah, it's just eight. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it, so eight. <laughs> eight. And two, like with, two with no squares. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it was... Eh, there were some, but not enough. So no bingo. But let's see if next time we could maybe get bingo. I hope we stay in season three. <laughs> We've been in season three a bunch lately. I know. It's been really fun. I don't know what we'll do this time. Let's see. This one one's chosen. I know. Eh, eh, eh. We are staying in season three. Yay! <laughs> I had two together, and I had to, like, get one out. out. We'll watch them both. Yeah. <laughs> this time, we are early in season three with the Paradise Syndrome. Oh, awesome. Trapped on a planet whose inhabitants are descended from Northwestern American Indians, Kirk loses his memory and is proclaimed a god yes. while the crippled Enterprise uh. races back to the planet before it's destroyed yes. by an Guys, asteroid. I reference this episode like every other episode <laughs> so of our do, podcast. So finally... <laughs> We can all watch it together, oh, and we now can watch it, it, and then never watch it again. <laughs> and now it'll make sense because Kurt has a wife and kid. Awesome! Oh, uh. it's, this is a this is gonna be an episode that we talk <laughs> about. <laughs> I'm really I'm happy, you guys. Mildly concerned well, yeah. <laughs> about this. Yeah, one. <laughs> that's putting it mildly. Um, I'm very happy. Okay, listeners. <laughs> I guess next time, um, you can you, don't forget to follow us on your social media of choice if you like. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email us info at theme three. Uh, and next time we're gonna watch the really problematic Paradise Syndrome. 